Hello and welcome to Fit Body Happy Joints. My name is Shannon. I'm a doctor of physical therapy, fitness instructor, and owner of Evlo Fitness. And today we are talking about hypertrophy of the abdominals or how to grow your abdominal muscles. And short and sweet podcast, but I think that there are lots of myths that I want to kind of debunk and I want to teach you how to have the most success in increasing the size and strength of your abdominals. First off, I did a podcast with a women's health physical therapist. That's episode number 79. And we really talk about how to train your deep core muscles and pelvic floor training the layer of muscles underneath your six pack muscle, your rectus abdominis has to be step one when it comes to building your abdominals from the ground up. It is so foundational to learn how to engage your pelvic floor muscles, how to engage your diaphragm, how to engage your uh, transverse abdominis before you start adding a lot of load and repetition through trunk flexion extension. So through things like crunches and oblique work, abdominal work, things like that. If you're an Evlo member, there is also a core stability program, which we highly recommend everybody take. I truly think that this program will make your trunk work so much more effective. And I think you will build muscle in your trunk and in your abdominals so much easier if you know how to do this core stability work. We've heard from so many of the members who are like, oh, I thought I was doing you know, the burn classes correctly. And then I took this core stability class or program and oh my gosh, it makes the biggest difference. I feel the work so much more effectively. So highly recommend go to take those classes. They're only like 10 to 15 minutes long. So you can even take them prior to any of our classes, almost like as like a warm up, and it'll make you feel more stable in your trunk. And since those classes are not hypertrophy based, they are what's called neuro re-education based. You can take them every day. So the difference between neuromuscular re-education and hypertrophy is that neuromuscular re-education is just rewiring your brain to your muscles. It's not applying a significant amount of load to your muscles. So because it's not a ton of load, it's not a ton of stress to those muscles. You can do that type of movement every day. Whereas hypertrophy, you're creating a lot more damage and stress in the muscle. And so hypertrophy based exercises really need to be spread out. They shouldn't be done every day for a specific muscle group. So for example, if you are working your glutes in one of our classes, let's say, and you're really fatiguing your glutes, you're getting close to that failure point in your glutes. We don't want you to turn around and work your glutes again the next day. We need you to give them at least a couple of days to recover and grow stronger. Cause if you're just overusing your muscles, you won't see results. So that's kind of the difference there. You can take those core stability classes kind of every day, or at least like tease out some of the exercises within those classes every day until you feel like you really have a good handle on being able to engage your deep core muscles. Okay. So that's first, but assuming you have the proper neuromuscular education to your trunk muscles, how do you go about building your abdominals? Hypertrophy like I said, means increasing the size of your muscles. And it's something that I really emphasize most of us should be working on because as we age, we're losing muscle and that causes all sorts of issues, including body composition issues, including, um, insulin resistance, including, you know, losing bone density. There are so many health reasons for working on hypertrophy or working on gaining muscle mass, but to grow any muscle, you really have to have proper load to that muscle. And I talked about this a lot in last week's episode about how 
burning, feeling that burn isn't necessarily what's causing muscle growth to have muscle growth. You have to have a certain amount of resistance. So studies show that you have to have at least 30% of your one rep max in order to have enough mechanical load to grow that muscle. And again, if you don't know what that means, check out last week's episode. It was one of my personal favorites. I think it might help a lot of you kind of get a handle on how much resistance you should be using. We also did a one question Monday this past Monday that talks about how to calculate your one rep max so that you can make sure that you're using enough resistance in every single exercise. And by the way, just because you're using body weight does not necessarily mean that that isn't enough resistance. Using your body weight in something like a ball crunch, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, is a lot of load because it's, you know, the weight of half of your body to your abdominal muscles. So it's not necessarily about holding a lot of extra weight. It's about the magnification to the muscle. Okay. So let's say that you're choosing an exercise, you're choosing the appropriate resistance that is enough to stimulate muscle growth. From there, you continue to do the repetitions of that exercise until you get close to failure, which means the last few reps of that set are really challenging. And then you repeat that for a couple of sets. So this is what we call like cooking the muscle. You definitely feel very fatigued in the muscle that we're targeting. And the more specific you can target a muscle, the better. This is why we love to do more single joint exercises, exercises that are really targeting one one muscle group at a time so that we can be really specific in how we load the muscle and how we limit strain to surrounding areas. So that's what you're doing within the workout itself. Now, outside of the workout is just as important, right? You have to make sure that you are fueling properly, eating enough protein to induce that muscle growth. Because if you're not eating correctly, your body won't grow, right? It's just how it goes. Your body will not add new muscle if you're not eating properly. And again, check out those nutrition modules in the FO membership, especially the macro series. It's really good. And then also you need to make sure that you have enough time in between when you work that muscle again, because if you're just hammering away at the same muscle every single day, you won't see results. So this process of growing muscle where you're using an exercise that is targeting the tissue you're trying to change. You're using enough resistance. You're getting close to failure. You're giving yourself enough recovery time. You're eating properly. This process will make any muscle grow. And this goes for the glutes. This goes for the biceps. This goes for the shoulders, the quads, and this can even go for the abdominals. But for some reason, the fitness industry has decided that we train the abdominals differently than we train other muscle groups. So I want to talk about that in this episode, and I want to give you hopefully some tools that will allow you to be more effective and efficient in your abdominal work if you're not already an Evel member. So first let's discuss some myths. Doing more abdominal work just to like spot treat fat or make your abs more visible is not going to be effective because there is a layer of tissue of adipose tissue over our six pack muscle. And this is going to vary from individual to individual. And it's not necessarily a bad thing. Women especially will have more of a layer of fat in this area because we have babies and we need to have more tissue in this area for, um, protective reasons. So just trying to endlessly do abdominal work to like spot treat that area or make that area more lean is not going to be effective because you can't spot treat fats. Fat loss happens systemically through nutrition changes. So it's the job of nutrition to reduce fat, not exercises job. So that's myth number one. And I think it's something that probably most of you listeners already know that you can't spot treat fat, but just as a little reminder, 
And then the next myth is that, you know, if you're working your legs and your arms, that you're doing enough core. Like if you're bracing your core, that that's enough and you don't have to do extra abdominal work. The abdominals are engaged almost always. It's true. So like anytime you're upright, your trunk muscles are engaged so that you don't fall over. Otherwise you would just like collapse into a heap, (laughs) but the abdominals are always kind of at a low level of engagement to keep your trunk upright. And then once we start to add resistance, lifting weights, using our arms and legs, our trunk muscles might have different levels of activation. And again, in order to keep our body from tipping over, but just like any muscle, In order to grow, the abdominals have to have sufficient mechanical load. And again, this is what I talked about last week, but to grow that muscle, you need to have a certain amount of mechanical load, at least 30% of your one rep max, and you have to take that muscle close to failure. So if you think about it, if you're just relying on like your squats or your planks to target your abdominals, you're never really taking that specific muscle group, your abdominals to muscular failure. You may be using your abdominals to brace and keep your spine safe, but you aren't likely going to grow those abdominals unless you're specifically loading them and getting that tissue to failure. So this is why we recommend doing dedicated trunk work in addition to your leg and arm exercises and using exercises that sufficiently load the abdominals. Our favorite, if you are a Neville member, you know, our favorite is a ball crunch And the reason why I love this is because you're able to get a lot of really great range of motion, flexion, extension of the spine, which is what is going to target those abdominal muscles like your rectus abdominis and your obliques. What I also love is that there's support of the low back, right? It feels better on your low back generally. And it's a lot of load to your abdominals, especially if you have your hands behind your head, it is significant amount of load. And I would say for a lot of people doing a ball crunch with your hands behind your head might be too much load. They might just end up compensating with their hip flexors. So even taking your arms along your side, or even hugging the back sides of your thighs to get, to use your arms as a little assistance is more than enough for most people to create enough load through your abdominals to induce muscle hypertrophy. Now, just as a little disclaimer, we always want to make sure that exercise feels comfortable in your joints. So if you're doing a ball crunch, because I'm telling you right now that it's one of the best exercises for the abdominals, but let's say it's uncomfortable on your neck or uncomfortable on your back. I am not implying that you should just grit through and continue to move through an exercise that's uncomfortable. Modify however you need, because the thing is, is if we are just pushing through pain your body is sending you inflammation signals as you're pushing through pain. So it's not going to wire a strong association to your muscles. It's it's not going to make the situation any better. So modify if you need to. If you're an Evelyn member, check out the form breakdown video of a ball crunch where I give some alternatives to ball crunches if it's bothersome for your neck or your back. In short, you can hold isometrics. You can even take another pillow and kind of create like a little bit of an incline. So you'll take the ball. Uh, and then stack a pillow on top, almost like you're creating a little incline bench. And that'll give your spine a little bit more support. And usually it's a little more neck friendly too. So those are some options for you. And then if you need more, like I said, try putting your hands behind your head. I will say that if you try this for 90 seconds and you're going super slow and you're flexing with 100% effort and you're using those deep abdominal muscles and you're using that purse lip breathing as you rise, you're rising up and you're breathing out through purse lips, engaging those deep abdominals. 
after that 60 to 90 seconds, your abs will be cooked and you will probably get very close to failure to the point where you're not able to complete another rep. And that's when you know that you are sufficiently loading your abdominals. And again, if you're doing all the things I talked about earlier, you will see growth in your abdominal muscles. So that's mistake. Number one is assuming that if you're working your arms and your legs, that you know, you're getting enough core. There's like a lot of myths around everything is core. Well, turns out that we probably need some more specific load to our abdominals, just like we would give our glutes or our biceps or our shoulders specific load. The next mistake that I see, and that's really common in fitness classes, not even fitness classes, just the fitness world in general is to work the abdominals for like five or 10 minutes straight. So like nonstop ab work. And it's so interesting because we don't work our other muscle groups like that, right? Like if you're in the gym and you're doing, you know, upper body work, you're not going to work your biceps for 10 minutes straight. You're not going to work your glutes for 10 minutes straight. You'll do a set, you'll rest. Maybe you'll do something else while you're resting and then you'll come back to it. And the abs should really be treated in my opinion, like every other muscle, because like I just talked about last week, if you're doing super, super high rep, if you are doing like lots of bicycles and then you do some low leg lowers, and then you do some crunches and then you do something else for five or 10 minutes straight, you likely are not using enough resistance to induce muscle growth. So you, your abs might be burning for sure, but super, super high rep and really low load isn't the best for growing muscle. So you might be improving stability and endurance for sure, but you likely aren't changing the size of that muscle by just doing nonstop abs for a super long period of time. So again, what might be more effective is to use an exercise where there's enough load where you, you know, you're not going for just minutes on end. Like again, that ball crunch, super effective. And then you can set work your abdominals, just like we would set work any other muscle. So do a set of abdominals, then you rest. And maybe while you're resting, you're working another muscle group. And then you come back to abdominals and repeat the process several times. What we really love to do is utilize this nervous system phenomenon, which is called reciprocal inhibition. And this is a really effective way to work your abdominals is to utilize reciprocal inhibition. So reciprocal inhibition is when you move through a range of motion. Let's say you're doing a bicep curl. The bicep will contract and the opposite side of the joint, the tricep will relax. And this is what your body kind of naturally does so that it's not fighting itself. So that, you know, one muscle is relaxing as one muscle is contracting and you can use this for your trunk work. So while you are resting from your set of abs, you can work the back side of your body, the opposite side of your joints doing something like some cobras where you are targeting the paraspinal muscles or your low back muscles. So this can be a really effective way to work your abdominals because your abs will reflexively relax when your spine muscles engage or when your paraspinal muscles, the backside of your body engages. This is a great opportunity for your abs to kind of neuromuscularly reset in between your sets so that when you go back to do your next set of abs, you might be even more connected and have better inputs to those muscles that you're trying to target. So to your ab muscles. So again, instead of just trying to work your abs for like minutes on end, really work on doing a quality set, getting close to that muscular failure, and then giving your abs at least a minute to rest and recover. During that minute, you can work your lower back or work a different muscle group. And then finally, the last mistake I see is that 
people work their abs every day. And again, we wouldn't work our glutes every day and expect to see muscle growth and the abs are no different. In fact, I do think that working the abs every single day can be a recipe for overuse and back pain and weakness instead of strength and hypertrophy of the abdominals. Now, quick caveat, I talked about how there's a difference between working for hypertrophy and working for neuromuscular re-education. If you're doing exercises like what we do in the core stability class, where you're bracing your abdominals and you're doing some toe taps, or you're extending your legs and trying to brace your abdominals, those exercises are not going to induce hypertrophy of the abdominal muscles. They're more for stability. They're more for neuromuscular re-education. So those type of exercises you can do every day and you typically won't see overuse injuries happen. But if you're doing something like a ball crunch, or if you're doing something that's really stressful for the abdominals and you're, you're working those abdominals every single day, that is when you can start to develop overuse and back pain and weakness and things like that. Muscles need proper stimulation and then they need proper rest. So if you're training your abs sufficiently, I recommend giving them at least two days before you hit them again. So maybe you work them on, what we do is we work them on Wednesdays and Fridays. So, but you know, they've got, got a break on Thursdays and then they've got the weekend all the way up till the following Wednesday to recover. And I find that that works really well. Okay. So just to summarize all of this, taking your abdominal work close to failure you know, working those abdominals for about 60 to 90 seconds, using an exercise that sufficiently loads your abdominals, like something like a ball crunch is truly best for muscle growth. Remember to check out last week's episode where I talk about how the burn isn't always what's causing muscle growth. And the same goes for your abdominals. We can't assume that our trunk is getting enough work just from, you know, relying on our leg and arm exercises. We want to mechanically load the abs individually. Alternating ab work and back work can be a great technique to improving the quality of your ab work because of reciprocal inhibition. And then make sure that you're taking your abdominal work close to failure, but be sure to give yourself at least, you know, two days in between where you're working those abs. Again, if you're an EFL member, we're programming all of that for you. So you don't have to worry about when you're working a muscle group, we're tracking and programming all of that for you. So I know this can be confusing and it was kind of a lot and I went kind of fast, but we have eight free classes in in the link below. If you want to learn how we kind of do this, we have our burn class in those eight free classes. So take the burn class, feel it for yourself. You might be like, Oh shoot. Like, I don't think I know how to engage my deep abdominal muscles. Then it might be worth you know, joining Evlo and trying our core stability classes so that you make sure that you are really efficient and effective in your abdominal work. All right. So that is it for now. Again, if you want to join us in Evlo, we have a 14 day free trial. Just go to evlofitness.com and we will see you all next week. Same time, same place. Bye for now.